Hello, it's your writing buddy, Steph, and welcome to episode 42 of the Creating Happy Writers podcast. Thank you for joining me today. And if you're someone who has listened for a while now, I really, really appreciate you coming back again to listen to the show. If you're brand new and you're looking to write a business boosting book in your niche, not only are you in the right place, but you are so very, very welcome in the Happy Writers community. I'm a multi-published author and a writing coach on a mission to take the overwhelm, confusion and frustration out of the writing process and give you the confidence and knowledge to pursue your writing goals. I'm also all about female writers sharing their expertise by stepping into the space in their niche that only they can fill. Because, my friend, there's space for all of us to share our knowledge with those who need it. If you want to get even more support from me, head on over to Substack where you can subscribe to my free weekly newsletter all about writing and publishing. Or if you're feeling so inclined, you can become a paid subscriber for the price of a cup of coffee. Well, in London anyway. Perhaps more like two cups of coffee in the rest of the UK. You can find me at stephcaswell.substack.com. You can also now buy a copy of my book, Dare to Write, on my website. Hurrah! It's a book for people who are thinking of writing a non-fiction book to help grow their business and elevate their message to the next level. It's at stephcaswell.com forward slash shop. You can also find it on Amazon. Links to Substack and my book are in the show notes. For my book coaching services, please check out stephcaswell.com. So without any more of that, let's dive into today's episode, which is a deep dive into self-publishing. I think it's probably fair to start with asking the question, why self-publish? I'm a big advocate for self-publishing as I think it takes away a lot of the hoop jumping that is required by traditional publishers. It's so great for autonomy and for empowering yourself to share your message with the world. It also means that you are in complete control of the whole process, when the book's published, how it's published, where you're going to publish it, how many books are going to be possibly in a series. You're not waiting on a traditional publisher to give you the green light. You can give yourself the green light. And I think that's an incredible experience for an author. It's not for everyone, of course not. But for a lot of authors, particularly the authors that I work with, self-publishing really is a sensible route to choose. And I just wanted to share with you some of the authors that have self-published that you might have actually heard of. The first one is The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up by Marie Kondo, What to Expect When You're Expecting by Heidi Murkoff, The Four-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss, The Five-Second Rule by Mel Robbins, and you've also got the likes of Gary Vaynerchuk, Robert Kiyosaki, and Beatrix Potter dabbling in it. If you do self-publishing well, it really is a great way to publish your book. I went last year in June to the self-publishing show in London and it was fascinating to hear the author's journeys that were sharing them on stage, particularly those authors who had moved across from traditional publishing deals or perhaps maybe had gone hybrid and are now focusing a little bit more on self-publishing. And the reason I say that is because... The man who started the self-publishing format, no, the self-publishing formula, should I say, is a guy called Mark Dawson. And he wrote a book in with a traditional publisher. And that traditional publisher didn't 
brilliantly support him. He was a debut author. He wasn't, and, this, and I'm talking fiction now, he had some success. I think he said he sold perhaps a few thousand copies of his book, but nothing that was going to blow the minds of the publishing industry. He felt frustrated, so he decided that he was going to take things into his own hands and self-publish. He has now sold more than five million copies of his books through self-publishing. And I found that really inspiring, which I would imagine, if you're thinking of writing a book, that is pretty inspiring to you too. One gentleman who talked about the fact that he has a hybrid approach where some of his series, again fiction, some of his series are traditionally published and he has written other series that he self-publishes. So he has a more hybrid model, but he feels that that's the best way for him. And I think we have to remember that when we are thinking about our publishing journeys, what is right for us, not what is everyone else doing. And as much as we can learn from others and be inspired by others, what is right for us? So I invite you to have a think now. If self-publishing is the route for you, I encourage you to embrace it, but also be open-minded because you never know where your publishing journey is going to end up. And it could be that you self-publish and then perhaps you have self-publishing for some series or some books that you write and you might get picked up by a traditional publisher off the back of it. So you never know. But for today's episode, we really are deep diving into self-publishing. So if you've decided it's for you, I'm excited. But the thing is, what do you need to know? And that's what this episode is going to cover. First thing to say is this is all about the technical side of the publishing process. It's not about how to write a book this episode. And it's all about the actual publishing process. So the first step is to think about the professionals that you are going to need. When you're traditionally published, you get an editor, you get a proofreader, you get a cover designer all supplied for you. And that is one of the great perks of being traditionally published. However, if you're going down the self-publishing route, that is all down to you. And it's very liberating and empowering on one hand, but on the other hand, it can also feel a little bit overwhelming and daunting. So have a plan in place. You're going to need professional help to get the book to be as professional as you can make it. You want it to look good. You want it to, to read well. You want it to sound good when people are quoting it or if you're reading it as an audiobook. So you're going to need editors, proofreaders, formatters, cover designers. All of these people are going to be an integral part of your book team and it's going to contribute massively to the success of your book. I've done a previous episode on the people you need in your book team, which was episode 14. So if you haven't listened to that yet, I do encourage you to go back, dig it out and listen to it. And you'll also find I did an episode with my editor, Jess Brown. That was episode 34. And that was all about what an editor does. Really helpful episodes to give you some of the important people that are going to be necessary for this journey. But suffice to say, you have to get in early and get someone with a great reputation. But you also have to have someone you have a good rapport with, particularly your editor. You want someone who's going to totally champion your book and understand what you're trying to do as you write it and who it's for and really get behind the message. So it might take a little while to find the right person, but when you do find them, much like I feel about working with Jess, 
I know she's got my best interests at heart. I know she's got my book's best interests at heart. And therefore, I really listen to what she says, take on board her comments and work together collaboratively as a team to make a brilliant book. So first and foremost, on this self-publishing journey, get in with some professionals and get in early. You cannot finish your book. And I've said this so many times on this podcast. You cannot finish your book and expect an editor to be ready to edit it straight away. These people are often booked up months in advance. So if I were you, as you start writing your first draft or before you even start writing your first draft, get in touch with an editor, get in touch with a cover designer and start the process early. Second thing to consider is the platform that you want to share your book on. It's a really important first decision because you have some major options and you can exclusively publish on Amazon KDP. To and you can enroll in Kindle Unlimited, which is their sort of real exclusive. You cannot sell it anywhere else, including your website. You can only for 90 days sell it through Amazon Kindle Unlimited program. There are perks to that. It means that, you know, it's all in one place. You're sending people to the same place over and over again. And there's lots of other perks to it, which I invite you to go and explore. But if you don't do Kindle Unlimited and you just have Amazon as one of your options, You can go wide across platforms like Barnes & Noble, Apple Books and Kobo, which will help you reach more people across more markets. So do investigate those two. Going wide means managing multiple vendor dashboards, formatting requirements and launch strategies. So it can be a little bit irritating the first time you do it, which is why I urge you to leave time for this process. And when you are ready to hit publish and when you're ready to start selling, just bear that in mind that the dimensions for Amazon can be different to the dimensions for other places or the formatting requirements can be different. It's not all the same. It's not a universal thing. It's similar, but it's not the same. So do investigate those carefully early on so that when you're ready to hit publish and launch your book into the world, you're not then feeling incredibly irritated because things are different for different platforms. You can also use something like draft to digital which simplifies things to a degree, uh, but it takes a small cut of your royalties. And what that does is you upload it to draft to digital and then it sort of sends it out to these key players. So do check out that. I I use it for my teaching books uh, and I have success on Apple books with those. So do check it out, but make sure you know where your target readers are likely to buy, which leads me nicely on to your print options. Having a print version in addition to an ebook allows you to reach so many more readers. Print increases the credibility and discoverability of your book. Options include print on demand, which prints single copies to order and handles distribution. So Amazon does this. So if someone orders my print copy of Dare to Write, for example, on Amazon, it's printed, shipped off to them. I don't have to hold any stock, which is perfect. You can also opt for something like Ingram Spark. Ingram Spark is a popular for global print distribution, which means that booksellers can purchase your book and sell it in their shops. And I think, and I know I sound like I should know this, I think that's what happened with keeping bums in seats. I'm pretty sure I went through Ingram Spark because I had someone message me to tell me they'd seen my book in the library in, the lo- in a town nearby. And I was thinking, crikey, how did it get in there? (laughs) And this was a few years ago now, hence why I'm so hazy in my memory. But I do remember thinking at the time, okay, that would have been an Ingram Spark thing. So 
it is worth checking it out. It can help you get into bookshops. But again, those are conversations you have to have with individual booksellers. So you need to go into your local bookshop, tell them they can order it through Ingram Spark, and then they'll be able to get their hands on a copy. So it's not like it automatically distributes it without being asked. Of course not. Otherwise, everyone's books will be in every bookshop. But it is worth doing if you're interested in getting your books into bookshops, whether independent or wider. You do need to understand that there are costs, obviously, with print on demand, that they Amazon, for example, will take a cut of the royalties to pay for the fact that they print it on demand. Um, I use Lulu for printing for uh, stuff from my website. And I know Joanna Penn, if you listen to her podcast, the Creative Pen podcast, she uses Book Vault. These are great places to use if you want to sell through your website. And I will come on to that in a little while. But do investigate and see what feels right for you. You've got audiobook options now as well. ACX, which is Amazon's audiobook publishing platform, they distribute to Audible, iTunes and Amazon. You can hire narrators or producers at various pay scales, or you can do royalty shares with narrators where they earn a cut of sales. But there is an approval process for this. You've also got Findaway Voices, which is a popular audiobook aggregator, a bit like draft to digital where it distributes your audiobook to 30 plus stores plus libraries. Uh, authors, you can purchase production services and then earn up to 75% of the royalties. And they have a large network of narrators. So if it's not your bag to narrate your book, uh, you can get someone else to do it, which is uh, a, an appealing option for lots of people who don't necessarily want to hear their own voice on an audiobook. So do check out Findaway Voices, but do also check out ACX. Another thing to consider around your self-publishing journey are your pricing models. Typically, self-publishing royalties range from 30% to 70% based on the price and the platform. So Amazon, for example, if you are selling a book up to a certain price, you get 70% of the royalties if your book is more expensive than that, which I believe it used to be $12.99. Uh, it may now be $9.99. I know that if you go above a certain price, you only get 30% of the royalties. So it's really, really important to do your research and to price your book accordingly. Have a look what your competitors are doing and price your book similar to theirs. If you're over the top with your pricing, people will be thinking, why is she so much more expensive or he so much more expensive? If you are pricing yourself or underpricing yourself, then you will find that maybe people think that it might not be as good a quality of book. So do your market research there. Understand how to run pricing experiments. You know, you if you have it for a lower price for a period of time, KDP, for example, do um, their days, their Kindle daily deals where you can get a copy of an ebook for 99p, those sorts of things. If you participate in those sorts of promotion things, it's a really good thing to boost sales and drive your book sales up in terms of quantity sold. But obviously you may not want to be selling your book at 99p at all times. So it's just about having a look, seeing how to do promo offers. And I'm going to ask the, the very wonderful Sarah Dalrymple to come back onto the podcast to talk a bit more about her book sales and her launch and to talk a little bit more about what she's done in terms of these sort of special offer deals. But there are available options to you if you want to have price increases, price decreases, etc. It's all there. You've got to go and, and check it out. Don't undervalue your work, though. I would like to say that. Find a good balance. More and more authors are also choosing to sell directly, myself included. And I, as I said, use Lulu for this. 
People buy on my website and Lulu fulfills the orders and ships them directly to people. It is a bit more expensive for the buyer than Amazon, but often people actively want to buy directly from me and support me as an independent author. I have had people DM me and say, I don't want to buy your book on Amazon because I don't like Amazon. What can I do? So I deliberately set this model up where I have it available on Amazon for people who want to just buy it and get it, you know, very quickly. Or you can buy it through my website. It takes a bit longer to get to you. I think it's three to five business days rather than, you know, if you've got Prime, for example, you can get it the next day or the very same day. Um, so it's just dependent on you. But I, I would urge you to have as many options as you can to get as many eyes on your book as you can. When you have direct from your website, I've heard authors who have like limited edition copies or special print editions of certain books where they make the pages have those beautiful foil edges. And you can do all sorts now with companies like Lulu and Bookvault. They really do step up and join the traditional publishing sort of printers, if you like, uh, which make books look amazing. Next thing to think about are your metadata practices. Uh, it sounds so sexy, doesn't it? Metadata best practices. Um, follow the platform requirements for elements like book length, cover, book descriptions. Have a look at the best-selling books in your niche to see what they're doing and emulate those approaches to covers, titles and subtitles. It's so important on somewhere like Amazon, which is an enormous search engine at the end of the day, that you are choosing the right keywords, the right categories, um, that, you, that means you will show up on these retail sites. And again, in your author bio, start, you know, make sure you're using really good, clear keywords there. And it helps with your discoverability, basically. There's going to be a lot more around how AI can help with this. And Joanna Penn did a brilliant recent podcast episode on this back in December 2023. And she really is an expert. Jo has been doing stuff on AI since 2015. She's really ahead of her time. And essentially, she was saying in this episode, and I can link to it in the show notes, that she uses obviously AI for stuff like ad copy and writing blurbs for her book and stuff like that. But she said it's actually going to become far more intuitive and it's going to make for authors the process even better. And here are some of the things that are likely to happen within the next year and onwards. Things like predictive models to forecast the lifetime value of ad campaigns across platforms. So it optimizes the spend. So you're not just kind of throwing spaghetti at the wall and seeing what sticks and then trying to refine it. We'll do it automatically. It will also have automated bid management for real-time bids on Amazon sponsored ads. So it will see the historical performance data and adapt and change depending on it. And it will it will just have things like chatbots available and it's going to be monitoring, scarily enough, social media chatter. It's going to get bloody clever and I think at a faster rate than we can possibly anticipate. The good thing is if we take out some of the scarier stuff around AI, but the good thing is, is it's going to make some of these ad campaigns and copy, etc., that you write for your sales pages even easier, which means you're going to be targeting the right people and your book will become available and visible to these people through the AI generated stuff. Okay, you've also got two more things to consider, which 
First and foremost, your launch planning. If you are self-publishing, your launch plan is going to be bloody important. So think about how are you going to do a successful book launch that drives those initial sales, reviews and visibility. You can often get advanced reader reviews. They are worth their weight in gold. Get your book team sorted. Get people on board who are going to be there as soon as the book is launched. And I mean this on the actual day. As soon as the book is launched, you need that morning to get people to re- to be leaving reviews, not during, you know, a few days later or a week later. Obviously, all of that is great and you'll be chasing people for reviews all the time in the first month or two of the book's life. But... The first day is key and it's what helps you get to bestseller status. If you can get loads of reviews within that first and lots of people buying it uh, in the, in the, on that first day, the better. So get your team together, get people that you can ask to leave reviews and to purchase your book. And often you can have it on for sale, particularly the ebook version for 99p on that first day and get some sales under your belt. But you're also going to have to have other strategies. How are you going to use your social media? How are you going to build word of mouth? How are you going to feature on other podcasts or potentially other PR related things? Getting into writing articles, guest blogs, get on Substack, be a guest Substacker, whatever it is, start planning it. You can't just wait for the book to be published and then do all this stuff later. You have to be really, really careful and you have to be really considered with your planning. It's an incredible thing to publish a book, but it's exhausting. So you're going to need to be ready for that. And I don't want you to go into this into this feeling as though it's something that is really, really challenging with no idea of what's ahead of you. It is really challenging. So get prepared, start doing your research now, start building that support network. And then you've got ongoing marketing. This is the last thing to consider when you're self-publishing. And I want to say this to you, when I went to the self-publishing show and I listened to the guy who had a hybrid model with his fiction, he had some traditionally published, some self-published. He said to the audience, and I thought this was fascinating, that his traditional publisher was so impressed with how many books he was selling independently as a self-published author, they were asking him for support and help with how to improve their book sales. So it just shows if you can get it right as an indie author, you can be really be ahead of the game in terms of what the traditional publishers are doing. They're so big, some of these, particularly the big five, they're so big that for any change to happen, it takes a while for something to sort of come into effect. Whereas as an independent author, you can pivot and change as you need to. So your post-launch marketing has to keep momentum going. I'll say it again, you stop talking about your book, people will stop buying it. So keep talking about it. Keep having little promos throughout the year where you might have it on special offer for certain times. You just need to keep the momentum going because it's so important. There'll be people that are joining your social media, joining your email list that don't even know that your book exists yet. So you've got to keep talking about it. Give people what they want. And I did a whole episode on book marketing. I did a whole episode on social media because it's so crucial to getting your book out there and into the hands of your readers. So do go back and listen to those episodes. But it's just so important that you keep bringing your book into your marketing strategy long term. So obviously when the book is first out, it's going to feature heavily in your marketing. But 
as the momentum sort of begins to sort of flatten, as the curve begins to flatten out a bit, that's when you need to keep going. You need to build it into maybe having one or two posts a week on social media where you're talking about your book or the contents of your book uh, and remind people they can buy it. Get it out in stories regularly. Talk about it. Have a link in your stories for people to go and buy it. It's so important. So there you have it. Remember, in this process of self-publishing, time is of the essence. Do not leave these decisions until the last minute, please. (laughs) Make them part of your planning process right at the beginning, which is why when I'm working with authors and I'm doing that initial planning stage, this is one of the things we talk about is the actual launch and processes that will be needing to be in place when you self-publish because if unless you know that from the outset this is going to be a bit of a surprising journey so thank you for today thank you for joining me and i hope if you are embarking on your very first self-publishing journey go and buy dare to write it takes you through loads of this stuff in there but also this episode hopefully has given you some things maybe you've been jotting stuff down in a notebook that you need to go away and start thinking about If you know another writer who'd enjoy these episodes, do share it with them too. You can also give me a shout out on social media. Use the hashtag creatinghappywriters. And if you want to connect with me, you can find me at stephcaswell.com and on Instagram at stephcaswellauthor. I'm also on LinkedIn. So until next time, my love, happy, happy writing.